Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. Tonight I'm going to do something I have never done before. And I have, uh, I am just going to take five scriptures and I'm going to read them to you. And I'm going to just begin this. Um, I'm not going to ask you to stand tonight because the scriptures I am reading, it's one text. I'm going to break it down every verse. And what I haven't done before, I have never, never, ever really preached, except I can probably tell you, I'm so sorry, I shouldn't have said never, but I have, I can probably count on two fingers throughout 20 years of ministry that I have literally preached someone else's message because, number one, they asked me to. One time my pastor we were going through something in the church and he said, I'm sending you my sermon. I just preached. You need to preach it in your church. And I did verbatim and I preached it and God blessed it and God blessed us. Another time I felt strongly impressed to preach another pastor's sermon, another minister's sermon. And, and, I, and I did it and, and God blessed it and, and that was it. But today um, I was messing around with my 13 year old boy and I was, we were playing around and and I said, get ready, son. I said, you're preaching tonight. I said, I want you to get the thought, and I want you to give me the scripture, and I want you to set it and give me everything ready, and I needed it within an, about an hour. I had no idea he was going to actually text me the sermon for tonight. So you are going to hear my youngest 13-year-old boy's sermon tonight. And he gave me the scriptures, and he gave me the thoughts, and I was like, Thank you, Lord. We'll see if this boy's actually called one day. But I believe it was from God. I think God has a unique way of using our children. I can't tell you how many times God has used my children to pray for me, to give me a word. That, that goes both ways. That's why it's so important to realize that when children have an experience with God and they have the Holy Spirit, they do not get an adolescent or young Holy Spirit. They get the same Holy Spirit that you've got, the ancient of days, the wisdom of God. And when you teach your family how to pray, God can use every one of your family members. So as a family tonight, we're going to share this together. And I'm going to read you the first portion of Scripture. Tonight, we're going to be talking about breaking out of breaking the darkness. Breaking the darkness. We are living in a very dark world right now, but it's very exciting for you and I as the church. Tonight at the end of service, we're going to symbolically break the lights and we're going to stand together and we're going to adore him and honor him. But before we do that, we're going to set precedence for tonight and give you the reason why we need to let God's light shine. How many of you have the light of God in your life? You know that you do. We have taught you throughout the years that the light of God is the understanding of God, the illumination of the Spirit. Jesus came into his own in a dark world, and his own received him not because they could not comprehend him, meaning that their minds could not accept and know the teachings and the understanding that he gave. That was a great light that shined in darkness. And so they rejected him, and, and then, but to those that knew him not, to them he gave reason to become the sons of God, and here we are. 
not born of the flesh, the scripture says, not born of, of the will of man, but born of God. And so we, he brought us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Will you just say tonight, Lord Jesus, bless this moment right now. Just pray God bless the service. Just do it real quick. Lord Jesus, thank you for touching this service. Thank you for moving. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody say amen. Amen. Thank you, Haley. Thank you, worship team. Didn't the worship team do a great job tonight? If this is your first time and you've been coming to Riverside, we want to encourage you to get connected somehow. This is a safe house. We are a family of believers coming together for one purpose, to see lives changed. I want to begin by telling you here tonight that you can never allow darkness to dictate or intimidate you to make you think God isn't there. You can never allow a spirit of evil or allow bad deeds to create a, a blindness in your heart and forget about God. God is always there. God is always at work. And just because we don't see God doesn't mean that God isn't there. I can't tell you how many times God has worked in my personal life and, and I didn't know what to do, didn't have the answers, didn't have direction, but all I could do was pray. But when we pray, and you may not even feel it, but God hears, God knows, God sees. And you're really not walking in darkness. You're just like your headlights at night can only see so far. Because I do believe that that's how God allows us to walk. Because if we saw too far, we'd get ahead of God. But how do you end up from Victoria to Houston, Austin, Corpus, San Antonio? How do you do that drive every night? You don't see the entire road. You just see a portion of what's in front of you. And when you and I begin to walk by faith with what light God has given us, then we're not intimidated and we don't doubt that God is with us because we still know the way. The light that we have in our life right now. Here's the light. The light that we have and what allow, God has allowed us to, 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 to give for our direction is his word. Illuminated by his spirit. To know the will of God and to know the direction of God allows us to strip the enemy from intimidating us and doubting that God can do anything in our life. God can do anything because in God there is no darkness at all. Absolutely no darkness at all. And with God, anything is possible. Somebody say anything is possible with God. I'm going to read you 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, and I'm going to take it through scripture by scripture. And I'm going to highlight certain words within these passages. 1 John 1 and 5 says, This is the message we heard from Jesus. And now declare to you, repeat this after me, God is light. 
and there is no darkness in him at all. You ever wonder why Jesus came into the world and he said to the disciples, Satan hath nothing in me? Therefore, he couldn't tempt him. He couldn't trick him. He couldn't trip him up because he was the light of the world. He had full understanding with no limits. He was the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That means that he didn't have all the quantity of God. He had the quality of God. And he had the mind of God. And he understood all things. So he had foresight. He had hindsight. He had good vision. Spiritually, he could see. So you couldn't trick Jesus. But part of the reason why is because what was in him had no darkness at all. When you have been forgiven by God and you walk in the grace and the mercy of God and you have gratitude in your heart and you don't live in condemnation and you don't live with guilt and you know that he has set you free and you walk in freedom, your vision becomes so much clearer and you don't feel like you're in darkness because in God, when you're in God, there is none. First John chapter 1 verse 6 and the next verse. And it goes on and says, so we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. And he goes on further and says, we are not practicing the truth. I believe that word truth has two implications within the scripture, but has one definition. Really two applications, one definition. When Pilate asked Jesus, what is truth? Jesus could have told him many things. But had he been around and heard of the teachings when Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So truth is not a written word. Truth is a person. The express image of God in the world came in human form, expressed by actions and released by words. And the life that was in Christ would begin to give light in darkness. But if anybody, even, even in the book of James, it says if a man looks at himself in the word of God, he's like a man looking into the mirror, and he, if he doesn't make the changes, then he's deceiving himself. How many of you would be honest tonight and tell me, and just if you want to raise your hand, participate, you can't. How many of you looked in the mirror before you got here? I don't care if it was your car mirror. I don't care if you were checking for, I mean, thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. All of you that just raised your hands, you get a million dollars. Just kidding. Forget it. Just kidding. A monopoly money. Ah, I mean, you win. <laughs> I did it. You looked in the mirror because you wanted to make sure things are right. You're, I don't think it's vain. I, I really don't. I think that, you know, you got to make sure there isn't some spots. You don't have a rip in your jeans. You don't, you know, you understand what I'm saying. I mean, just being honest. You look in there to get corrected. You look in there so the word of God can help you. And that's exactly what we do. So when we begin to practice truth, we begin to apply what we know. So knowing him has everything with having light. Knowing him has everything with having light. In the next portion of scripture, in verse 7, it says, But we, but if we are living in light, as God is in the light, you can live in light. 
You can live in complete illumination in your mind. You can walk in the wisdom of God. It didn't say if you visit the light every once in a while. You understand what I'm saying? The spirit man always has light and doesn't have to squint in the morning. The only time the spirit man begins to squint at light is because it hasn't been in prayer for a while, right? So, so, but, but you can live in that spirit of prayer and you can live in that atmosphere where the wisdom of God is given. The understanding of God is given. The direction of God is given. The love of God is given. And you can live there. And as God is in the light, we're in the light. Then we have fellowship with each other. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sins. And that's the key for this scripture. We are talking about breaking the darkness. And we are talking about what God has put inside of us. God has put light in us. And the only thing that's restricting the light is us. Our actions. Our thoughts, our words, our expression. That's how people know you have light. Because of what you do, what you say, who you are. And if you're following the light and you're making progress and God is blessing and God is opening doors and God is making a way where there seems to be no way, guess what's going to happen? People that are in darkness will begin to follow you because you're walking in paths that God has established and they can tell the difference. There's a lot of people stuck in the mud right now. There's a lot of people lost. There's a lot of people that don't know the way. But when they look at your life, I'm talking about the one life that God has blessed you with, the gift of life, the spirit of God, the life of Christ. When you've got light in your life and you're walking down the path and in the will of God and people see you. Let me just encourage you and tell you, if you have a prayer life, don't forget that prayer life is illuminating your decision making. That prayer life is giving you love. That prayer life is giving you wisdom. That prayer life is giving you joy and peace. And it's giving you peace of mind especially. But people are watching you. And the less resistant we become, the more, the more vulnerable we are for letting God shine. And the one thing that can only separate us from God, he said, as long as you remain in the light, you'll understand who I am and what I've done. And the blood of Jesus will remove the sin. It was the one thing that stopped Adam and Eve from fulfilling the will of God. But thank God that God sent his only begotten son into the world. He was a light that shined in darkness and he did not come for you to remain a captive to sin. But he came to set you free. You and I both free from it. And as long as we have an understanding. Because see people that allow sin or addictions or hangups to, to stop their progress in life. It's because they lack the knowledge of what Jesus actually did for them. But when they have knowledge. And their hearts illuminated because they, they became open to God. Then they understand that there's an answer and there's a way and there's a freedom and there's a better way. And all they got to do is walk in it. I want you to turn to somebody and tell them there's light available for everybody. There is light available for everybody.
No one's without hope. Verse 8 says, if we claim we have no sin, we are only, and I want you to repeat this after me, we're fooling ourselves. And we're not living in the truth. So we have to begin to start thinking ourselves to be perfect because no one is perfect. No one is perfect. There's not one person that hasn't made mistakes in this building. In fact, there's not one person who doesn't have a past. Am I in the right church? I'm just asking because I know I shouldn't be standing up here. I, and that probably scares some of you. Oh, my God, what did he do? Right? You know, he's throwing a nightclub, right? What did he do? Yeah, I know. When Jesus sets you free, you know the feeling of what it means to sit. How many of you know the feeling of freedom? And how many of you know, and let's just be honest, how many of you know the feeling of sin? Half of you wanted to agree with that. Nobody knows the feeling. I know what the feeling of sin feels like. I don't feel right in that moment. I don't, I'm telling you right now. It's a horrible place to live in. But the difference between sinning and having a lifestyle of sin are two different things. Two different things. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to tell you, you don't have to live in sin. Because God has given light. And the blood of Jesus is powerful. But until we can humble ourselves and say, I need you every day. I need you every morning. I need you every night. I need you throughout my day. Then we begin to walk in the light. Then we begin to have fellowship with him. Then the blood of Jesus forgives us of our sin. When we become transparent enough to say, I don't need him. I'm not a sinner. No, but I'm fine. I'm fine. Right? And like your relatives, you invited to church. No, I'm fine. You invite somebody to church tonight. No, but I'm good. I'm going to the bingo. <laughs> Nobody? You're not evangelizing if you're making on. I'm just telling you. White people, too. I don't care. They all go. Black people, Asia, and they're all in the bingos, right? Lord, help me. <clears throat> how I grew up you got to be honest with yourself, and you have to begin to be transparent and re recognize how much you need them. Verse 9 says, and again, but if we confess, and that's the hardest part people have a problem with, confessing. If we confess our sins to him, don't call your girls friends up right now. Not the time to call your girls and your boys. Not the time to give them a ring and say, oh, you, you know what, I, I just... Messed up. I, I think you need that kind of friendship every once in a while that helps you. But ultimately, nothing can be done until you call Jesus. Until you call on Jesus. So you begin to have a transition of faith and start recognizing, you know what? For now on, I'm not going to call anybody until I pray and ask God, what do I need to do? What's the answer? See, this is the routine and the habit of prayer of walking with God and being with God in the light as he is in the light. It's prayer. 
And when you recognize it, you have to confess it. You have to confess it. You have to vocalize it and let it out and surrender the heart because your words is how you release your spirit or your heart to God. And when that happens, there's a connection. And God has a rite of passage. But confessing is powerful. And the last verse, and come on, Haley. The last verse, verse 10 says, If we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. I want to close with this thought right here. God sees everything. And whatever you have to tell God will not shock God. And there is no sin big enough that the blood can't handle. But until you confess it and until you repent of it and until you leave it behind, God can never start the healing process. But can I remind you, just because you're in church doesn't mean you're right with God. What it means is it's an attempt to be right with God. And what you do in this moment will determine the outcome. And you are in a safe place to say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. If you're here tonight and you've never given your life to the Lord, we call that a, taking the first step of repentance. And God has so much more for you. It's a journey, but it begins at the cross. If you like what you felt tonight in this place and, and you felt something different than let me encourage you, take the next step and say, Lord, forgive me, and I'm going to start over. If you've been walking with him and doing your best to follow, but there's that one thing that's separating you from the favor and the blessings of God and the, the joy and the, and the peace of mind, that can I encourage you all tonight to say, Lord, I'm sorry, and I'm going to take the first step, God, to giving it to you tonight. No matter what you, where you're at right now in your life, the fundamental belief system of every of every believer is the blood of Jesus, the cross. And from that point, when the blood is applied, there's illumination that comes in because the Holy Spirit needed the blood in order to reside in those dark places. So let me repeat to you. You cannot allow the enemy to try to intimidate you in doubting God for what he can do because in God there is no darkness at all. And with God, nothing's impossible. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.